Today's podcast is brought to you by the engagedinvestor.ca, helping you find and present to joint venture partners. Get your free video training right now at engagedinvestor.ca forward slash breakthrough. Hi, this is Dion Beg from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, Episode 29. Hello, and welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake, and here with me again, as always, Sandy McKay. Hey, Rob. How you doing? Awesome, you? Awesome as well. Yeah. I got. Couldn't I'm really pumped up. I'm pumped up to hear this story you got. I've been waiting for like two months. I know you have. Yeah, yeah. We'll get won't share that. with See, me. No, I wouldn't. I wanted you to wait and hear it on the show. Yeah. So, and our guest, who we already have on the line, Ryan Carr, has has heard it actually a couple times because he was at a little function where I had to tell it a few times. So he's going to hear it again, though. Ryan, how are you doing tonight? Good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Ryan, thank you for coming, and uh, we're going to get to an interview with you very shortly. Of course, we've got a few things to talk about before that. First of all, we've got to remind everyone to go give us a review and a five-star rating there on iTunes. And, of course, check out our website, BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. You can pick up our free report there, Seven Freedom Activators. You can trigger in your property starting right now. Great little free report for everyone to pick up. Yeah, really help you get some leverage in your property and help you save a lot of time and effort there. And And, headaches. And headaches, oh yeah. What else have we got, Rob? Well, you forgot to mention that the main reason why someone might want to go and leave us a review on iTunes right now is because we've got this contest that we're going to give away two free tickets to uh, Durham Real Estate Investors Club. And uh, Ryan, I I think you're a member. I see you there all the time. Yeah. I know you go out to them. What do you think of the Durham REI meetings? Oh, fantastic group. Uh, I've been there for about six months now, and it's just a great group of people. Uh, Everybody's very motivated. Everybody's very supportive. Uh, Great spot to be. Yeah, I'm missing it over the summer. We take a couple months off for the summertime, but we're going to be back at it in September. So I have two free tickets to give away. And what we're asking whoever wants to be involved in this contest to do is go over to iTunes, write us a review on the show, a five-star review, tell everyone how much you love it. Just write us a email at info at breakthroughreipodcast.ca with the subject line, I reviewed it, and then just give us your iTunes name in the email so we know who you are and we'll enter you into the draw for those tickets. Sounds a little confusing. It's not actually that bad. Start with writing us the review, right? Just go over or even just grab a piece of paper while you're listening to this show. Write down how much you love Ryan and how much you, <laughs> how much you hate Sandy. Whatever you want to say. It's fine. Uh, and then just send it over to us via email. Like I said, you'll be entered and... somebody's going to be pretty happy about these tickets because right now the door to get into uh, Durham REI is 40 bucks a person. There's a lot of value to be had there. I mean, he could charge more for them, but it's still, you know, these are a good value. And uh, so probably if you're almost anywhere in Ontario nowadays, right? You were saying people are coming from Windsor, Welland, people are coming from everywhere. And we've got to move to a new venue now. I know that that's for September. I said last on the last show that it's in Whitby, but I believe they're going to be moved out to Ajax now because we needed a bigger venue and, and the room that we had was no longer big enough. So I guess we'll find out where that is pretty shortly. You know, 
write us a review and enter yourself in for those tickets. Now, one more thing that I want to mention before we get into the interview is, you know, you know that book, Ryan, that uh, you've been meaning to pick up and everyone's told you how great it is, but you know, you can't <laughs> wait to read it. You just can't seem to find the time though. Yeah. Yeah. That book. Tell me a little bit about that book. Well, that I don't know exactly what that book is for you, but you know why not go over to audible.com and get it for free right now? Because let's face it, it's hard to find time to sit down and read a book. Everybody's on a bus or they drive or they walk or they're out doing something. So go over to breakthroughreipodcast.ca slash audible free trial and get that book. You can get it for free right now. Just go over, use that link. And you can get a free book that you can keep forever. And even if you don't like what they have to offer, you don't like the thousands of books to choose from after that, you can cancel anytime. But right now, use that link, breakthroughreipodcast.ca slash audible free trial and get yourself a free book, any book you want. You'll you use that service, Sandy. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what you can do now is right on our site. You can just click right at the top of uh of the page there and it, the link's right there you don't even there have you to know. you don't even have to remember the site you just go click on the link uh so rob i was thinking today earlier today actually i was um playing golf with the clients and sounds like a rough life it was rough <laughs> well hey we started at six in the morning it was kind of rough <laughs> well, early tea off <laughs> yeah but okay the reason i bring it up i was playing with him he's a really really nice guy i really like him he every time I'm with him, he wants to introduce me to you know someone, and he's a pretty pretty high net worth guy. I'm a real estate investor. One of my clients who's bought a few houses with me now. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm a real estate agent in Hamilton. So I, I want to bring this up because every time I'm with him, he he tries to connect me with other people, and he always is kind of empowering me to help him. And and a really good lesson I was thinking about today, like I really. And motivated to help this guy and get and if I ever come up with awesome deals, he's one of the top guys I'm ever gonna go to and 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 give this to first. Mainly because he's always trying to help me and build my business up and other people too. I every time I, I give him a good contractor, he you know he wants to help him and he wants to connect him with other people and and give him more business. Uh, it all comes down to that you know Zig Ziglar quote: "The more you help others get what they want, the more you'll get what you want." And I was just thinking about this in terms of other investors out there. You know, everyone tells you to build up your power team and, you know, you need your realtor, your mortgage broker, your lawyer, contractor, etc. Especially, particularly with realtors, and I find this in my business all the time, is that the people that I'm most motivated to help are the people that really want to see me succeed. And I have a lot of other, you know, clients or wannabe clients maybe or <laughs> that don't really treat me that way or and I don't see them treating other members of their power team that way and they kind of suck the life out of you in some ways and you just don't really want to help them as much as you do these other folks I think it's an important lesson for anyone out there in, in real estate investing to, to treat especially you know people that are going to be big members of your power team realtors mortgage brokers and that type of thing is to try and build them up as much as you can as long as they're good and they're um, helping you succeed and they want to work with you and everything you it makes such a big difference to do your best to help them succeed and in return it's just you'll see such a big difference in in what you get out of that individual yeah just if they if they realize that you're working hard too um i remember on episode 18 i think it was when we had ian sabo on the show and he was talking about the same type of thing with his contractors how you know, when he started out, it was always, come on, you know, you can do it for cheaper than that or, or trying to undercut everybody. And mm -hmm. then he realized how much better the team was when he started paying people what they were worth and realizing that, hey, you know, these guys are trying to make a living. And if I help them, they're going to help me. So, yeah. yeah, that is a really important uh, thing for everyone to keep in mind. Another quick example of that, just quickly, is um, I have a couple of clients that are from Toronto. I'm in Hamilton. A couple of clients who are actually realtors in Toronto. And, um, you know, they could come out here and, and say that they don't want to pay me commission or something for helping them get deals, put deals together. And a few of them, you know, try and do that or they want to, you know, do different splits or whatever with me. But a couple of them who I'm, again, most motivated to work with are a couple of clients who are actually realtors in Toronto and they come here and they're, 
you know, more than happy to pay me or have me get paid exactly what I should be getting paid for doing and helping them find deals and put deals together. Even though they're already realtors themselves, you know, they still see value in helping us build our business here. And well, you uh, know the market you know. out there, right? Well, yeah, You've got some expertise sure. in that area, and th- these people are coming out. They could, they could probably find a couple of places to go look at, but they've got you on their team, actually actively searching for things that you know they would want just because you've had conversations with them and can look it up and and figure out exactly what they're looking for you're going to bring them things that they didn't see quite possibly i mean so there's a lot of value in just using the experts in your area oh yeah yeah and i mean at the end of the day it's just you know the zigzagger thing you know help us help as many people as, as you can get what they want you're going to get probably even a lot more than you imagined in return so it's just a good thing to remember yeah, I like that. That's today's uh, realtor tip. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, and you just bought a new house, Sandy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't. House. Oh, I, I didn't know you knew. I was thought I was telling you for the first time. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's exciting. Yeah, I mean. But um, you guys just bought a new principal residence, right? A new yeah. Home to new call home. your own. Yeah. In Hamilton, starting to do some renos. It's uh, you know, busy. Oh, so you're not living in it yet? Uh, we could be, but we're not. <laughs> no, just stay out of the way while the things get done up the way you need them. Yeah, so we're a few weeks away. Okay, well, tell me about it. I don't want. I want to hear this story. Come on, stop pulling out of it. <laughs> it sounds like a sex, drugs, and rock and roll story or something. So. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's no? it's not it's not a it's not a bad story, but it certainly doesn't start out as a good story. What happened was, um, I know on the last episode I was talking about my my flip that I was doing, and I had the inspection coming up, and everything looked good as far as me being able to sell the property. So, and then the funny thing is, I listened back to the other show, and I I believe I said something like, you know, I know everything's going to be fine with that. So it goes like this. I bought this place. It's a legal duplex. It really didn't need much work. I went in and I painted it up and did a few other really minor things. I changed one window out and did some landscaping, minor landscaping, and put it back up on the market. I got it as a private deal for a really good price, so I put it back up and I found a buyer pretty quickly and we were moving up to the inspection date. But prior to this, the tenants that lived in there have been giving me a hard time. They've been making it very difficult for people to see the place. So I wanted to make sure that we got in to see or to let them in for the inspection. So I went down there early that day just to do damage control and make sure everything went okay. And when I rolled up to the house, Sandy, there was cops everywhere. There was an ambulance there and somebody was being rolled out into the ambulance from mm. the tenant's apartment. So I got the story that the person was breathing, but that was it, and then everybody left. And meanwhile, when I pulled up, of course, my, the buyer, her agent, and the home inspector were all standing on the sidewalk when I rolled up just watching all of this. So that's fine. They said, okay, let's let's go through and do the inspection. So about halfway through the inspection, everything was going okay, and they were up in the tenant's unit going about their business, and a cop rolled back up. And I went around to you know ask him if whatever he wanted to talk about could wait until the inspection was done. And he goes, what's going on here? I said, well, there's a home inspection. And he goes, what do you mean? There's people in the apartment? And I said, yeah. And he goes, there shouldn't be anybody in there. This is a crime scene. (laughs) And I'm like, a crime scene? What do you mean? They, according to the police, were dead. The deal was off and they wanted a price abatement, right? No. Really? (laughs) No. The deal was just off. Oh, I thought they just wanted you to drop the price. Nope. Why, they just forget it, we're out? Yep. Forget it, we're out, they're done. So that was it. So that deal fell through. So the next day we put it back up on the market. Now, 
we ended up finding out that the person did not die. And bottom line, you relisted it and it's, and it's done now, right? Well, the bottom line is I lost a whole bunch of money because I went yeah. because we found out a couple of days later when uh, when the tenant called to talk to my real estate agent that that nobody died and everyone was fine. And the cop came and interrupted everything for no reason. So what? What do you mean? Nobody died. Everyone no. was fine. Nobody. Nope. Hmm. No. So I ended up losing a buyer basically because of uh, of a of police telling us false information. So that was a little bit of a bummer for sure. So anyway, long story short, though, it is sold now and it closes very soon. So that's good. But uh, they, you know. My agent and everyone involved said they've never seen anything like this. And that's just uh, cops rolling around and, and, and sprouting off false information and scaring off the buyer. So it was, a, it was a pretty strange thing. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I can't believe that. Okay. So everything's and, good, though. Everything's good. Everything's right? good now. Yeah, everything's House good now. Sold. I'm back in business. Everything's, everything's rolling. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So anyway... After all that, uh, we're going to get into our interview now. Ryan's been sitting back there patiently waiting for us to get to this. So enough about me, enough about you, Sandy. Talk way too much about you tonight. Yeah, I know. It's brutal, eh? This is probably going to be our... We're ruining the, ruining the episode of Ryan. Nobody's going to listen this far. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, again, now let me do a proper introduction here for you. We've got on the show with us tonight... Ryan Carr, and he is an investor in the same area as me, and I've gotten to talking to him and realizing he's just a really smart guy with a lot of good ideas, and he's got a lot going on, so wanted to get talking about that tonight, and I'm sure we're going to learn a lot. So welcome to the show, Ryan. Great, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, Ryan. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> so, Ryan, let's just jump right into this. How did you get interested in real estate investing? I got interested after my first property. Uh, my wife and I bought our, our, our first home about four or five years ago. And the uh, the property that we bought was a bank sale. And the bank sale was really daunting because you go into the you go into the lawyer's office and you're signing all these forms saying that the property is going to fall down and it's, you know, it's a terrible place to be. And, and we really wanted a project. So when we came across this particular place, uh, we loved the backyard. It had, a, you know, it was on two acres. It had a shop. It had all the stuff we wanted, but the place was a dump, right? So, but we thought, you know what? This is perfect. We got to have it. Don't care what anybody else thinks. You know, we we want We want the project. We want to do the work. So, that was our very first property that we got into, and and uh, you know, it was a great place. We called it home for three years. Um, we we really loved it, and that's kind of where I got my. Uh, my drive to do some of the renovations and, and to start thinking critically about the way that uh, that money works. Um, the first real investment property that we had was about six months into uh, our, our first home that we had bought. And my, my realtor at the time, who has since become a good friend and a JV partner, um, had said, you know what? I've got this this place. It's a it's a it's a home located in Oshawa. It needs some work, and I think you could convert it to uh, to a two unit rental. Would you be interested? And I thought, oh my God! Like you know, we just bought our first home, and we've got all these bills. And okay, you know, I'll, I'll come and take a look. I'll bite. So I I went down and I met with her, and we toured the property. And I remember going back to her office, and and I, I looked at her and I said, like, are you sure? You know, like, cause this is a pretty big deal buying a second house. We just bought our first. I said, I said to her, like, are you sure? And she said, yep, I'm sure. Take the risk. You have to trust me. Okay. All right. I'll trust you. We took the plunge. Uh, we bought the place and, uh, converted it to a legal two unit. We did all the work and the renovations and that kind of thing. And, and that was really my first experience in, uh, in investment properties and, and in real estate investing in general. So what kind of background did you have? Just the experience that you got with your first home that got you uh, the experience you needed to convert this place? Pretty much. So um, my first property, I didn't really know a whole lot about uh, construction or renovations. Like I knew basic stuff and I knew kind of the way that, that things worked, if you will, you know, kind of all the pieces to the puzzle. But I wasn't overly familiar with, with um, you know, heavy duty renovations and gutting properties and replumbing a whole house. And I didn't know any of that stuff, right? So it was... 
it was a learn as you go. I, I basically just turned into a sponge and I soaked in everything that I could learn from anybody that was willing to teach me. It, it was such a great experience to, to be able to do that and just to, you know, to soak in whatever anybody is willing to give up. And I love to learn. It's, it's a lot of fun for me, but it's just, you know, we kind of learned as we went and, and, it, and it worked out in our favor. So as you were moving along, like, did you have somebody there that was sort of uh, giving you some guidance and, and teaching you the ropes? We did. So on, a, on our first property, um, we had some help there. Uh, no, uh, like we didn't call in a crew of contractors and that kind of thing. It was mostly relying on, on friends and family to come in and, and help us wherever possible, um, which was fantastic. But uh, as far as like really, really getting into, uh, you know, mega professional renovations with crews of contractors and stuff. We never had any of that. So it was kind of up to us just, you know, because it was our first home, right? We had budgetary constraints, just like any other first time home buyer. You got to do what you can to save a couple bucks, you know, and that's, that's kind of where we learned just out of necessity. Mm -hmm. So after that one that you, so you converted your first place into a legal two unit. That's what you did, right? The second property that we had, that was the, uh, the converted two unit. Right. And that was shortly after you got your first one and then you were working on that. And so after you were done with that, it was rented out. Then you, the bug was in you and, and you just kept going from there, I guess. Yeah, totally. It was uh, totally in me. <laughs> there was no denying it. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so tell us where you, how you progressed from there on. Okay. So uh, at the time, while we were doing both of these properties, I was working full-time, a metal fabricator doing welding and, and that kind of thing, mechanic work, uh, building luxury armored vehicles. So I was, I was driving from uh, Durham region about an hour to get to where I was working. And, and the place was great, but the, the business was poorly run. And, and not too far after that, uh, I was there for about three, three and a half years, something like that. Uh, they, they did a mass layoff. So once they did that mass layoff, I said, well, I have to do something with my time. I don't really want to be driving an hour one way, you know, two hours on a long weekend kind of thing. Like it, it was difficult. So I just said, we got to look at, at what's working, what we want, you know, out of our options here. And real estate just sort of fit the bill uh, as far as, you know, family lifestyle and, and potential income down the future and that kind of thing. Uh, it's It sort of fit the bill the best. You know, isn't it great when – Something that could be looked at as a bad thing turns into probably the best thing that's happened. It really was. I mean, it, I I remember having meetings with mortgage brokers when we were talking about buying a third property while I was still working, and and I, I remember saying to this person, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with my job. What if I get laid off? And you know, I, I was trying to think critically of of all the situations that we're in. And uh, they said, yeah, you know, you just got to take the plunge and you just got to do it. And, and as much as I'm a big believer in that, just, you know, just doing something, it still needs to be a calculated risk. And, you know, not too long from that conversation, that's when the big layoff happened. And I thought, wow, you know, I, I could have been in a real pickle if I, uh, you know, didn't think the way that I was that I was thinking. You know, it sounds to me like somehow you managed to find the right uh, real estate agent, the right mortgage broker the right sort of team right off the bat is seems almost uh, like like a strange sort of fluke for you. Yeah, it was pretty organic. I mean, it was very natural the way that it progressed. The people that I have on my team now, some have been with me since the beginning and, and some I've, I've met along the way and, and some even through the Durham REI. But it, you know, it, it just takes the right fit and you just, there's no way to really tell if it's the right fit. You just know. You know what I mean? You just you just kind of know that you've got the right people because they're doing their job the way that you see fit and, and you know, they're working on your behalf as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that third, the third place that uh, you bought, so you managed to pick that up before you were laid off or how did that work? The third place that I bought personally would have been, so we haven't talked about that property yet. We oh, just so you got into some two. JVs, so you got into some JVs before that. Uh, no, actually, my first round of JVs actually just took place recently, actually, within the last couple months. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So then I guess describe how your business looks now. My business right now has really ramped up, actually. So since the, uh, since the layoff took place, we had flipped a property. Uh, we had sold that rental. Um, we had moved on to the next. 
And now, right now, I'm doing a flip uh, in Oshawa, and then I've got two other uh, properties coming up in September and October with uh, with JV Partners, and those are my first two JV deals. Um, they haven't closed yet, but the but the properties are already uh, under contract, and everything is good to go there. My business is sort of broken down, where I've got employees doing all the work, and I'm sort of kind of running the behind the scenes, uh, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. I'm I'm, I'm hands off tools now, pretty much. So I'm I'm finding the deals, I'm talking with the joint venture partners, I'm structuring ROI to maximize returns. Uh, that that's kind of where my expertise lies, and I let the guys, uh, you know, look after the the wood and insulation and all that stuff because that's what they do. Yeah, and somebody's got to do that. I mean, I guess you could go in and swing the hammer and pay somebody else to do that, but that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. No, that sounds great. Good, good, uh, good on you. Thank you. Yeah, I guess you have a unique way of maximizing rent from your rental units. Can you share something about that with us? I do. Uh, the, I, I really love this. I call it the vertical split or the or the buy level split. So, for the sake of simplicity, we'll use a bungalow as a as an easy example. So what I'll do to maximize my ROI is um, I obviously you try to get the rents up as high as you can without gouging your your tenants because you do want them to stay and you want them to be happy. So using this bungalow on a on a typical renovation, you're going to be doing a a main level unit. You'd be doing a basement unit, usually with a separate entrance, that kind of thing. Pretty straightforward stuff. And that method works. It works really well. My first couple properties, they had that. But now what I do with my properties to, to bump up the rents is I, I do this bi-level split. So in a bungalow, what I would typically do is I would take the main floor and I would take the basement and I would run a vertical wall right down the center of it. So if you can imagine a square uh, in any orientation, put a line through the middle of it and that's your bungalow. So I break it into I break it into two units where the front unit would be called unit A and the back unit might be called unit B. Unit A would have its own original staircase right from when the house was built, right? It would have a main floor and it would also have a basement. Unit B would have a brand new staircase put in. You would walk in, it would have a main floor and it would also have a basement. So what we've done is we've we've effectively turned a bungalow into a semi-detached home or we've given both tenants two different levels of living space. What that provides for them is it provides the illusion of a full home and that way you can charge more rents typically for what would have been a basement apartment. Now you're getting an extra hundred to four hundred dollars a month for, which bumps up your return on investment. Mm, nice. Okay, so tell me a little bit about how that would be laid out as far as the rooms go, then, because I'd be curious to know. That's exactly the thing that I've been doing. And where where would your second kitchen be? It really depends on the layout of the home. So I've got a I've got a semi-detached unit coming up um, that will be fairly similar to this layout. It's a it's a two-story semi. So in this case, we would have a a main on the main level. I would cut that in half. So I would have a uh, a main floor kitchen and then upstairs bedrooms and bathroom. Oh, so you're so you're actually using a semi-detached and cutting it down the center. I've done it in a semi as well. I don't cut it down the center the same way that I would a bungalow, but uh, you can do it in a semi. And actually, semis are my favorite. I, I love semis right now. They're they're the best. Okay. Yeah. That's really and, and, interesting. And you're left with how many bedrooms are you typically having these then? Two in each or one? Uh, in the semi that I've just completed, um, it's a two bedroom up, one bath, a two bedroom down, one bath, and each have their own kitchen. In the semi that I'm doing in two months, it'll be a three bedroom up, one bath, and a two bedroom down with a main floor kitchen. So it all depends on the layout of the property. Mm. That is really interesting. I like that. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a great way to bump up your return on investment. And that's, you know, ideally when you're looking for a JV partner, that's the that's the best way to reel them in is, is by saying, look, this is what I'm doing uh, in comparison to some of the other guys out there. This is how I can structure our investment to maximize the return. And, you know, this is why I think you should go with me. And when, what kind of deals are you buying? Uh, are you buying them off MLS? Are you buying them private, a mixture? Mostly off MLS. Uh, the first private deal I did was recently with a JV partner. Uh, the seller lived out of province, and I found it. Uh, I found it on a, a Kijiji ad. Um, it just came through my email, and it it was sort of fluke how it happened. But uh, I think the property will have great numbers, and I'm really looking forward to it. For private deals, how are you finding them? Is it Kijiji mostly? Are you doing your own sort of advertising, or or what? I don't advertise at all. Um, I just sort of take what comes my way. 
So I've, like I said, that was the first private deal I've done. Uh, the bank sale, my fir- very first property was through MLS and everything else has been through, uh, through MLS as well. Cool. On these type of deals, what kind of returns are you seeing? Typically, what, I wouldn't maybe, even... maybe what kind of invest, what kind of returns would your investors be getting too? Okay. So on, well, I'll start with the, the general return. Um, typically I won't even consider an investment if it returns less than 30%. On the deals that I've done in the past, I've seen 35%, 38%. On one I just completed, I'm forecasting 45% return on investment. Uh, that'll cash flow about 1500 bucks a month, and it's a semi as well. So it's uh, it's got fantastic numbers. I'm really excited about that property. As far as a, a JV deal, how I structure my deals is the uh, – the joint venture partner, or the finance partner, would put up the capital to do the renovation plus the closing costs plus the um, – uh, down payment. So typically you're looking at a 20% down payment plus a renovation. You might be putting money into a bank account for this, you know, in this example, uh, I would then, I would go out and find the, the deal, right? We would do a pre-qualification with a mortgage broker, make sure we, we know exactly what we want to buy, what we can qualify for. I'll go out and find the deal. I'll structure the deal to maximize the investment or the return on investment uh, based on the renovations that we have to put forth. And then we basically split it 50, 50, um, and they're on title, right? Or actually, it... the last couple deals I've done, we've both been on title. Okay. But it really just depends on the lender and the way that you want to structure it. I mean, sometimes you can do it through a corporate name. Um, I prefer not to, just for simplicity. But you know, it really all depends on on the way that you want to set that up. So, what services do you offer for JV Partners? Like, why would someone invest in in this sort of relationship with you? Well, like kind of like what we've been talking about. I mean, I try to maximize the return on investment um, over uh, over and above what would typically be seen in in a bungalow or a semi, based on the way that I lay out the property. Um, th- there's other things that I do to increase cash flow as well on the property, but I mean, it, it's basically just the way that I structure these deals and, and the properties that we look at. You know, to try to be strategic to to bump up that ROI is is the reason why people typically go for me. With respect to some of like the uh, the services that I offer, like I do construction and that kind of thing, and obviously I look after all the renovations. But uh, you know, I, I try to be very budget conscious on the way that we do those as well. And uh, I get the question all the time: people say, "Well, why wouldn't I just go buy my own property and uh, and hire a contractor to come in and do it?" And the answer to that is absolutely, you can. You know, and and we wouldn't be having this conversation on on how to structure a joint venture deal because you would have that all looked after. But you know, but the reason that they typically come to me is because I can bump up those ROIs and the contractors that they would go out there and find, generally speaking, are not investment real estate minded or they would be doing it for themselves. Mm-hmm. For sure. Are you focused on a specific area then? Where, whereabouts do you invest? Mostly, most of my properties have been in uh, Oshawa. Um, I've got a property in Bowmanville. Uh, I think that's a really big up-and-coming market. Uh, not a lot of properties out in Bowmanville are for rent, uh, so that's that's pretty cool. It's a it's a it's a town that's turning over right now, and it's it's gone from the uh, from the elderly retiree you know type demographic to uh, to the young up-and-coming families, uh, you know, the late twenties to to mid thirties uh, people just having children and that kind of thing. So I think there's some really good opportunity there. Yeah, you have a, a mentorship program going now too, Ryan. You want to tell us just a bit about that? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so I was approached by a couple people maybe two months ago now, and, and they asked me if I did some mentoring. And I said, absolutely. You know, you, you tell me what you you tell me what you want to see um, out of a program such as that, and, and I'll gladly coach you. I, I had never done a mentorship program prior to, and you know, I, I'd help people out, but there was never a formal structure. So uh, I kind of got some feedback from these from these two, and. Um, I said, you know, you kind of tell me what you want to see, and I'll make sure that that you get that uh, that education put forth. So I, I brought them on. They work with me uh, basically full time, hands on in this flip that I'm doing, and uh, you know, I'm teaching them right from how to how to price a renovation to how to maximize ROI to uh, you know how to deal with tenants because that's difficult too. So we're doing everything that we can to uh, to make sure that they get a really good education, so that once they're done, they can go out and they can do this for themselves. That's really great. Yeah, that's great. And, and there's something else actually. There's you got some other uh, potentially big news. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking to shoot a pilot, or actually, I've been asked to shoot a pilot, a TV pilot for a for a TV show. 
I uh, can't really say a whole heck of a lot about it yet because a lot of it's under wraps, but it's it's basically going to center around the first time home buyer market, um, and we're really excited. I think it's going to be a, a real game changer for uh, for investment real estate for young people. Yeah, that sounds super exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing more about that from you eventually. Great. So I met you out at uh, Durham REI, like we were saying before, and uh, you've got kind of a story of how you found Durham REI. Yeah, it was sort of fluke, really. I um, I think I was driving through Whitby, and I saw this sign on a post that said, you know, we buy your house fast for cash and all this stuff. And I thought, oh, wow, I got to call this guy, see if I can get on his buyer's list, right? So I gave it a call, and I think I got uh, – I called two different signs. I think one was you. No, I think one was uh, – is it Aaron? Yeah. Aaron, Aaron I Moore, think, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Aaron Moore. One you was listened him. to Aaron Moore on one of our episodes. <laughs> Number yeah. five or something? I don't know, Rob. Maybe yeah. Yet. Yeah, no, I think that was episode three, actually, or two, three. Yeah. yeah. So I got I got Aaron, and then I got uh, on the second phone call I got Quentin, and it, you know I got a bunch of it was all one hundred numbers. I didn't know who I was calling, and and uh, Quentin had called me back and and asked you know what I was looking for, and I just said I was I was looking to get on a buyer's list, and if uh, anything came up, keep me in mind. And he said, well, I don't really sell my properties, but. You know, if you're interested, why don't you come out to this group called the Durham Real Estate Investors Network or something like that? It didn't really register. And I said, you know, I asked him, what is that? And he said, oh, it's this group of people. We've got about 100 members or so. And, you know, you should come on out. It's in Whitby. So I checked it out and I signed up. And, and that, that's how I came across the group. And it was it was total fluke. And I'm so glad I did because to find a, <clears throat> you know, on a Wednesday night, a 100 plus you know, people that are that are interested in the same thing that you are that come out and, and spend time and, and take time to teach you and, you know, and want to learn. And it's such a it's such a great group of people to be part of. Everybody's really positive and optimistic and and uh, really glad I stumbled across it. Oh, so you'd never been to any groups like that or anything. You weren't really looking for, to do anything like that. You just kind of uh, stumbled onto Quentin D'Souza, who yeah. runs it. And uh yeah, you know, I, I think the funny thing is that I, I put out signs too, like Quentin's signs, and every single time I put out signs, he calls me again. Maybe it's I, I have different Quentin? numbers, but yeah. <laughs> and then and then he goes, if this is Rob, break, uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But that's good though. I, like people should be doing that. If you're seeing signs like that around, call call to get on their buyers list. Why not? If they're th those are people looking to track down deals, right? So yeah, exactly. And they want somebody to sell them to more often than not. Well, I don't know about that. That the thing is that I think that that's changed from the guys that are just trying to wholesale. I don't I don't see a whole heck of a lot of that anymore. Um, the guys that are trying to wholesale is the guys that are you know doing what Ryan's doing and trying to find deals for themselves so they can get into this and and have some fun, man. Like yeah. we do, it's a yeah. lot of fun. For sure. Well, I you know I can understand why people want to hang on to these properties instead of instead of wholesaling them. Like if you if you buy it and you get a really good deal on it and you convert to a two unit and you get it back on the refi, like there's almost no sense selling it because you know the five or ten thousand or twenty thousand that you make on the wholesale, you might be able to pull that back in a refi and maintain ownership on that property. Yeah, yeah exactly. And mm -hmm. I mean that's great. Like you, you're a smart guy, man. You catch all this stuff and you learn very quickly. But and and I mean I I like to think that this was something that I learned pretty quickly uh, in relation to uh, all of my past experiences. But um, you know there is something that wholesaling can teach you a lot actually when you first get started about just renovations and uh and the market and all that kind of stuff so people without experience can really break into it that way and that was why i did but you know you quickly learn that the best way to go forward is hang on to these places if you can so eventually yeah. you stop wanting to do it for sure and it's i mean it's a great way for somebody who's brand new to the to the real estate market, uh, you know, to get involved and to get in and, and basically buy a property with no money down and flip it before it closes. I mean, that you know, that's a great way to do it. And in some cases, it's the best way to do it. You know, it just depends on the situation and the property. Mm -hmm. So what's your plans, Ryan, uh, with real estate over the next, you know, three to five years? Where's your business going? What do you got in plan? What do you got in store for everybody? I think it. I think it's kind of a, a two-part answer i think property acquisition is always always on the forefront of any real estate investor's mind um not necessarily 
in volume, but in efficiency. I really like to increase the efficiency of the properties that I do have. Um, you know, make sure I have a good tenant profile in the units, make sure that they're making good money because I'd rather have a small pool of, uh, of really good solid properties than a large pool of, of poor ones. That's kind of where I stand with, with the acquisition model. That's a good point right there, actually. That's a good but point. Like, a lot of people, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no. I just want because I thought it was cool. A lot of people um, have this number in mind. Oh, I need 100 units or I need 10 units or whatever the number is, 50 units. It's really all about the quality of them. I mean, you, why have 100 headaches when you could have like, you know, 10 really awesome ones? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I mean, like you've got, it's managed risk. So if you have a bunch of poor properties, it's going to cost you more in management and maintenance and all the rest of it. Plus the headaches, so you know, increase the efficiency of what you have, and and I feel that that's a that's a better way to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, big long term goals. It got anything big for us? You know what? I'd really like to build the business as a brand. You know, you see a lot of the people on HGTV and that kind of thing. You know, doing doing big things, and um, I'm not saying I want to replicate what they've done, but uh, I really want to build build my company as a brand to become reputable in the industry. That to me is a is a good way to you know to increase your finances, and and when people see that you're that you're successful, they want to jump on board. And you know, I love to help people, so I uh, I always look for for people that are interested in what I'm doing as well. Well, it sounds like you're off to a really good start in that direction. So. Do you have a success quote that you can share with us and how it's had an impact on you? I do. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Eric Thomas, and he's got a YouTube channel now, and he goes by E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher. Ah, I've and heard of him. Love Eric Thomas. Yeah, he's funny. <laughs> do you, well, know, the funny. Do you know the quote I'm going to say? Well, I don't know. He's got a lot of them. I don't, I don't know, know which guys, one. The guy's fantastic. So. I probably do know when he says it. But. You, you will. This, this is like the quote for Eric Thomas. So he says, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, that's yeah. when you'll be successful. And for anybody listening out there, go to his YouTube channel, look him up. His name's Eric Thomas, E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher. And if you, if you type in, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. You'll see him. It's him speaking in front of a, a classroom of, uh, I think, high school students. And the guy's delivery is so fantastic and spot on with this. It's it's so motivating just to hear him just to hear him speak. It's uh, I wouldn't do it justice, re, you know, repeating the quote, but you just you have to check it out for yourself. He is motivating that guy. I used to watch. Um, he used to be part of my morning uh, routine. You know, wake up and just watch five minute clip of him or something, and just be like super pumped up about the day. Yeah, <laughs> great guy for sure. Yeah. Oh, awesome, man. Thank you again for uh, coming on the show tonight. You've shared a lot, and I really appreciate you coming on. I hope to uh, hope to hear more from you, especially about this. Well, you've got a lot of stuff going on, so um, I hope to hear more about this TV show when 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 uh, things get go public, I guess. Now, where can people go to learn more about you? Yeah, well, I've got a blog and a website coming out soon. Um, so that would be a good way to check it out. You could go to uh, rwcarinvestment.com or you can get me on my email at info at rwcarinvestment.com. And I'll spell that for you. It's uh, info at rwcarrinvestment.com. Uh, who, sh- who should get in touch with you? That's a good question too. I mean, what kind of people are, are you looking to connect with and, and, and do stuff with? Well, I always I always love to see uh, to see mentor students. I mean, they're fantastic. They're they're kind of the young and up and comers, and and even middle aged people or, or older people as well. They're they're more than welcome. And I get all kinds of, of people requesting, um, you know, to learn and that kind of thing. So, if you're looking to learn, give me a shout. Um, JV Partners. I'm always looking for new JV partners, uh, typically on the financing side of things. Um, so if you're looking to make some some decent investments, uh, again, get in touch with me, and we can go from there. So, Sandy, what kind of what you were asking is who shouldn't call them? Is that what you were saying? <laughs> I guess like, so, yeah. If you got a really bad attitude, don't yeah. call. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's, that's, you're right, actually. <laughs> don't call if you got a bad attitude. <laughs> there you go. I, I think anybody who listens to our show, I, I always want to encourage people to contact pretty much everybody. I mean, if you want to be a, uh, you know, a guy who connects with people and becomes a player in this industry, especially in Canada or in, you know, we do a lot of people around the Toronto area. Why not just call up people and see how you can, um, how you can help each other grow, right? Yeah, for sure. Call everybody that we have on the show. Why not? I like the vertical split thing. That was well worth the price of admission here for this show. <laughs> Great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, that was really interesting. I like that too. I'm going to have to come out and check out some of your places. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Um, now, 
again, I just want to let everybody know that you can go to the show notes and get all of Ryan's contact info there in case you didn't have a chance to write it down or you can't remember what it was. Don't worry about that. Just go over to the show notes page and uh, all of his contact info will be right there. So thanks again, Ryan, man. I really, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having yeah, me, guys. Awesome. Appreciate it. Okay, have a good night. You too. See ya. beautiful yeah good yeah absolutely awesome i did a podcast for gary hibbert last week uh, did you? Oh, did you? Matt, this is my second podcast yeah oh yeah right on good stuff <laughs> gary's trying to compete with us there eh, i guess he must be I, is he? <laughs> I had no idea no, i don't know i, I, I was know. on i was on gary's i was i did a webinar actually with gary uh a month or two ago nice mm. yeah. Kate and i were on there too i don't know when yeah Sometimes i listened recently. to that actually not too long ago Mm-hmm. I don't know if his goes on iTunes, does it? No, I don't think so. I think it just goes out to his list. Right. I'm not sure. He said it was coming out in the end of August, so I don't. Uh, I don't really know. And I'm actually speaking at his group in October. Are you? Great. Yeah. yeah. What are you talking about? Uh, you know the same thing as I always talk about: how to find deals. Yeah. How to find private deals. I figure I may as well uh, may as well talk about what I know. You must have a hell of a buyer's list now, eh? Here's the thing. You don't need a big buyer's list. No. You really only need – and the problem is when – the problem actually is people coming to me now that want to get on the buyer's list, and that's fine. I'll put them on. Basically, if one of my four good buyers don't want it, 
that like there's <laughs> it's probably not a good wrong. house. Yeah. yeah, there's something wrong with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's pretty difficult to to get something from me with uh, with these people that I have on my list that just snap them up instantly, and and I like it because they know what they're looking for, and they're not gonna baloney around things or you know lead you on or any yeah. of that stuff. They know how to walk through and say yes, I want it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my last wholesale deal was in the middle of June, and I yeah. really don't want to do any more. Yeah. Oh, if you can find those undervalued properties, man, and, and obviously you're good at it, like you're gonna make whatever. You're, what's your cut on a typical flip? Five, ten k? On 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 a on a wholesale deal? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's between five and nine. Yeah, so like you're gonna get that back on the refi because you're going twenty down anyways, right? Yeah, so but that doesn't go to me. Like that's the thing. Well, and that's fine. Like I I I have the ability to look down the road, <laughs> but you know you got to eat at the same time, so it's tough really. Yeah. To, I mean, I'd so much rather keep it, but it's hard because for me, I like, I really want my joint venture partners to get as much money as they possibly can back out of the the property after the refinance. Sure. And and the last, the last ones that I've done, we've gotten all the money back. So that's really good. Like to get all your dough back is fantastic. Right. Or if you can get it all back and then some, that's even better. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same thing for you. And I mean, cash flow is okay, but um, but it is the difference between. I think it'll be great because I don't know if I. I'm pretty sure I told you I'm going to be on Michael's team as a realtor in uh, like a month and a bit. Cool. So I'll be able to do transactional stuff there and, and then that'll keep my family fed and I'll be able to uh, go out and do the JV deals and keep the long-term stuff as, you know, more on the investment side. So I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. Well, you're mixing, a, awesome. flip, you're mixing a flip here and there if you want and, to. Right? Yeah, and I've, and I've got a flip coming up in September too. Flip's just fun. As soon as I close on this other one, that the Trouble House, <laughs> I will, uh, I'll be moving straight into that other one. Yeah, that's cool, man. No, that's good. If you can uh, dig up some properties, that's that's beauty. I, and also, you know what? I'm going to try and follow your model a little bit more too because you can find stuff on MLS that your your joint venture partners will go for. Yeah, you can. So that makes life a lot easier too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know what? The, the, to find a single-family home and keep it a single-family home and flip it as a single-family home, in my opinion, <clears throat> you know, other other guys may tell you differently – uh, but I think that's really difficult. I think you have to change the use to get the to get the value up. Um, well, yeah, in a, in a tight market, yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you're off MLS, yeah, because yeah. even even grandma's house now they want like three thirty. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous, like absolutely yeah. ridiculous. I went to look at one. The only reason I went to look at it, it's um on Somerville, just south of Taunton. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's very close to the the uh, place that I'm buying. Uh, for my flip. And they wanted three thirty four for it. It is literally grandma's house. It smells like mildew. The basement is half unfinished, and and everything is pink. And the carpets are kitchen like is painted this this funny green color on the cabinets. And yeah, the whole place needs to be gutted. No garage. And they want <sighs> uh and they want three thirty four for it. Yeah, like how do you dump thirty forty k into that and make any money? You don't. You're not going to. No. You could probably duplex that one, but yeah. it would be a new build. Yeah. But uh, you know, I so yeah. So for me, the one that I found, I I, I picked up for uh, two twenty eight. Nice. Yeah. Whereabouts? It's it's north of Taunton, just west of Somerville. Wow. Right on. That's a good deal. Semi or a, a bungalow? It's a it's a raised bungalow. Oh, you'll crush on that one for sure. Two twenty eight. Yeah, steel yep. isn't it? Uh, like again, <laughs> see, uh, here's the thing. I don't know. If no, it's North great. Taunton, it's, though. it's a great little area, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm I'm really at a sort of a I'm contemplating what to do because I can just list it as a real estate agent and not do a thing to it, and I could make a a good chunk of change off of it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm guessing I can make between twenty five and thirty without touching anything. What so do you think it's worth right now? I'm going to run quick numbers for you. Go. What, what are you saying? Sorry. 
<laughs> What's it worth right now? I got my pen going. You say right you now, I'm saying that it's worth about two seventy. Mm-hmm. I could at least sell it for two seventy as is. I would say. For pre commission sure. or post commission or what? That that's pre commission. Okay, two two twenty eight. So you're two three. So there's forty two thousand in equity essentially there. So, but it doesn't work for a single family home as a rental, and you can't convert it. Yeah, you can't convert it. No. Oh. Uh, doesn't work for a conversion. Okay, well then dump it if it's yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you yeah. just do a quick paint and uh, clean up and sell it. Yeah, and it doesn't have gas heat, so I'm thinking I'm thinking I might I don't know you know I, I mm-hmm. just gotta I'll figure it out I gotta go through and and work on what I want to do because I can either really really spruce it up and I bet you. I might be able to make a little bit more money, but then there's a bunch of work involved and a couple months worth of work, or I could just list it and have my first place as an agent and, uh, you know, make some money off of it, not do a thing. So we'll see. Yeah, tough call. That's cool. What about you, Sandy? What do you mostly invest in? Um, same same stuff. The last one we just bought is a duplex. So we're going <laughs> to redo everything. <laughs> we do the same model. Buy you it, need fix to legalize it, it right? Yeah, we do need to legalize it. It's not. It's set up as two already. It's not legal. We, I don't know. We we debated if we we're going to legalize it or not. We're going to. You don't have to though. I don't know. We do a bunch of those. We will do a single family here and there. We did a single family in Barrie that worked out really well. I don't know why we went all the way up to Barrie, but <laughs> yeah, it's just a deal that came across the table. But that you held too. Yeah, we're still. We could have. We could. We could have flipped it. We. I still. I wanted to flip it, but. Other uh, other parties thought no, so we didn't. It, it works fine as a <laughs> rental, anyways. So other party being um, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that your wife or something? Yeah. Well, yeah. Not, not wife, but close. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. So I don't know Maltese. Well, I mean, the, you know what? I was gonna say the best. Um, the people that are doing the best are my clients out here. That I haven't really done much of them. I haven't done any of them yet. This. Um, Duplex one, we're going to hold on to again anyways. But flippers out here that are doing the best I see are guys that are buying like three four, three or four unit properties, dumps, and like renovating them all to the to the nines, doing them really well, and then um, and then just tenanting them and just selling it as a turnkey, you know, yeah. high-quality rental with tenants already in there, ready to go. And they're just like, you know, guys buying something for like 300 total dump, like, legal three unit and they're putting four units in it you know legal three with the basement in hamilton are tough to legalize so they'll put a basement unit in awesome cash flow they'll rent it out and they'll sell it for like 550 and they're into it for like 400 total what's it like to legalize a like a bungalow in hamilton you can't really eh? pretty much can't why what's wrong what's the matter with your city (laughs) uh there's a bylaw going back like from the 1950s something somewhere around there that they don't want to change for whatever reason. And it's um, basically that your basement unit has to be 50% above grade, um, which really doesn't exist. You have to kind of find like a a back split or something to have any chance at it. And those don't really exist either. Yeah. Um, It's really difficult, really difficult. Those exist, but not in like the proper zoning areas. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't so work. you'd have to have like a raised bungalow kind of thing. Yeah, it has to be a raised bungalow. Oh. Yeah. Mm. So really, they're, I think they're going to change that law. They've been back and forth about it for the last couple of years at least. I, I think it's got to change in the next few years. Um, and there's such a lack of housing here too. So I don't see how they can't change that. But we'll see. You got to be in there rallying for the change, man. We are. Everybody is. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. It's a huge topic. Well, we're doing we're doing that in Oshawa, Rob. I don't know if or both of you, if you're on Quentin's email uh, email list there. I had started lobbying the city of Oshawa to change that two unit declaration bullshit. So I'd sent him a note to type up a letter so that we could submit it to the city for September's um, committee approval. Yeah. So we're I, I started basically lobbying the city of Oshawa to get rid of the uh, the necess- or the need for that two unit declaration to, to legalize a basement suite. So hopefully we can get that pushed through, and then we don't have a you know a June of 2016 deadline to legalize all these existing suites. It should just be open or another Always. two years at least. Yeah. So yeah. you're saying that you, what 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 about the declaration though? You still need a declaration. 
as yeah, of but it, fourteen as of two thousand fourteen is what you're saying. Yeah, you still need it, but I mean, it, it would it wouldn't it would no, alleviate that's great. all that. I get what you're friends. saying. Yeah, and I, I know Michael and Quentin have both been working on that for a while too, as well. Awesome. So awesome. It's <clears throat> good. The more the, the more you know press that we can get on it, the better. Just because it's going to make our lives as investors so much easier. Yep, and I did get that email. I'm going to look be doing that soon. Awesome. Okay, well, mm-hmm. man, this has been good. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to take some of the stuff that we just said and stick it in there. It's because it's real <laughs> stuff. Yeah. I like that. So. When were you guys thinking of releasing this one? Uh, the, hopefully this will so, be out on the 15th or the 16th. What do you mean oh, the 16th? Well, you're right. Okay, so the 15th. Yeah. I'm away, the... on this, I'm away on the 16th. I got, uh, I'm, I, if it's this, I'm, I'm leaving on the 16th early morning, so i got to post it by the 15th. So it's going to be the 15th. Okay. Otherwise, it's going to be like the 22nd. Okay. Where Sweet. are you going? Um, Texas. Uh, Austin. Oh, okay. Um, Is it a Keller Williams thing? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Right cool. on. Okay, guys. I'm going to go. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. Hey, yeah. Have a good night. See ya. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.